Welcome to Real Money Talks. Real strategies from the money makers and the world changers that you can use to make millions, keep those millions, multiply your wealth, and build your team. Here's your host, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View, Laurel Langmire. Hey, this is Laurel, and welcome back to Laurel's Real Money Talks, the podcast that talks about making millionaires. So that includes making money, keeping money, investing money, using a team, and everything in between. So it's very comprehensive. I bring amazing guests here to share with you just different perspectives. So today's a little bit about how to set yourself up to make money, how to get capital. It's a little bit of all of it, I've got to say, because you got to have it all set foundationally to do what my guest does. So she is a superstar. Uh, It was so fun to meet her. I met her just briefly a while back and uh, she's a McGraw-Hill author. And I said, oh my gosh, I got another book coming out with McGraw. And so Kedma O is with me today. She's an MBA. Her book is on funding, which all of you need capital desperately, but that starts with you and your company and good credit and everything else in between. She's also an amazing mother. So, Kedma, welcome to Lowell's Real Money Talks. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So give us a little more of your backstory. Like, you know, I love how everybody kind of arrives somewhere and right, you're the, you know, a, a, an author now and been teaching funding. What got you here? Give us a little backstory. Yeah, you know what got me here is I always say the best person to experience a product is yourself. So I found myself back in 2001, unfortunately, having to file bankruptcy, not because I was not prudent with money. I did have my master's in business, but I had to leave a difficult relationship. Six months prior to leaving, we were arguing about money. Very common when you're in a relationship, right? You argue about money, except the the situation was I had money and I had good credit. They didn't have a lot of money. They didn't have a lot of good credit. So what I did out of the kindness of my heart is I took every debt that they had and I put it in my name. Six months later, I'm in front of my lawyer and my lawyer says, I'm going to give you two choices. I felt like it was like door number one and door number two. Door number one, you're going to spend the rest of your life paying off someone else's debt. I said, what's door number two? Door number two, you get to file bankrupt and go through suffering for the next 10 years. Okay, I'll take door number two. So I took door number two, find myself in literally filing bankruptcy in Tucson, Arizona. I was sitting sobbing my eyes out. I'll never forget it. And two weeks later, I went back to my, I was at my apartment. I went to go get the mail and I saw an envelope from Capital One. I opened it up. It was for a credit card for $200. That was the moment. I literally thought, why would they give me $200 when I file bankruptcy? But here's the, here's the point that's so important for everyone to know. When I was a little girl, I would play my favorite game, Monopoly. Now, if you've ever played Monopoly, yeah. you could be totally broke. But if you can roll the dice and pass go, what does the bank have to give you? $200. There we go. That's oh, when yeah. I said, I am back in the game. And I went on a journey for almost 15 years to uncover every resource and fund an opportunity for people like me who didn't have good credit, who had gone bankrupt. And that's how I got my book deal. 
How interesting. So talk a little bit about your book and where people can get it. And I'm going to move over to the, you know, mom's side of our conversation. I want to talk about funding first. It's so critical. Absolutely. So um, Amazon target funding. And actually the reason my book has done really well is because I go after money that primarily people are not bankable. They don't have good credit. They don't have the two years. So when you look at my book, we have everything broken down by target. We have uh, chapters for women in funding, veterans in funding, people with disability in funding, um, economic in funding, inventors in funding. And what's really cool is as long as I know your variables, as long as I know what city you're in, what state you're in, what you're interested in, what your mission is, what the capital is, if I get your variables, I will find you money. Love that. Love that. That's that's what I do. And I weave in and out. And uh, I've now served over 10,000 entrepreneurs doing this every single day for the last almost 20 plus years. Well done. So let's talk about personal credit and corporate credit, right? So I teach people to live corporate life. Right. I say I don't have a program, I have a lifestyle. Because once you start, you know, living as an LLC and an S Corp and a C Corp, and if you're listening because my podcast is international, it's the same principle all over the world. It's just a different name. So we're just talking in US terms right now. But when those companies can get credit, talk a little bit about some distinctions between personal credit and corporate credit, because we're huge fans of people getting and getting the funding when you don't need it. You know, people always say, you know, it's cliche. Oh, get the money. You have, you know, the worst time to get money is when you need it. So talk a little bit about the preparation and the staging of that, because I'm just a huge fan. I scream from the rooftops about it. Yeah. Well, let me just tell you, remember I said when we began, I'm a product of my own, on my own book success. When I filed bankruptcy, my credit score was 450. Okay. I don't know how low you can go, but that's pretty low to me. That's rough. That's pretty low to me. Today, my credit score is over 800. If I look at it right now, I think it's about 810. And actually, whenever I coach, I literally bring up my credit score. And I tell people, look, find a loan officer that's willing to show your credit score. That's someone I want to talk to. Because most people won't do that. Yep. The reality is this. You know, I always say it's great to have both. There's nothing wrong and we should always be building, the company should be building our business credit score. We should be working with suppliers. We should have our rating. But yet when we're thinking about funding so many times, for some reason, those lenders are going for those FICO scores, right? And for some reason, they're judging us by those decisions. Now, I don't agree with it. That's why I tell everyone. I don't always agree with someone's decision, but I'm here to enforce that this is what it is. If we want to play the game, we have to know the rules. I can't change the game. I'm not that powerful. But what I can do is I can play the rules, tell you the rules so we can win. So what we do is we go hand in hand. And a lot of times it's education. I want to say one important thing that just happened this week to show the power of it. I was working with a company. We were going after a $1 million uh, uh, M&A, merger and acquisition. We had all the documents, everything was done. His credit score was 710, perfect. It's where I wanted to be, business score was good. In 30 days, he lost 90 points. How? I'm gonna tell you this, it's gonna blow your mind. You see, he didn't tell me and he didn't realize that he went to refinance his car. He signed the document. Guess what happened? Exactly, the car finance company didn't tell them that they went out to bid 
and they pulled his credit six times. Six hard credits, yeah. 90 points down. Yep. And no one tells you that. Nobody right? tells you that. And so he was, he was, you know, basically devastated. And I, and I, you know, we're trying to work it out. But I said, look, at the end of the day, you know, that situation now had to put us on pause because the lenders we work with are like, uh-oh, you know, 90 points. Right. We now have to reassess the loan. Wow. So let's talk about traps because I think there's a lot of myths. Um, I know you and I are in the same camp. We're not yep. in the Susie Orman, Dave Ramsey camp, right. <laughs> which is cut the cards, which is yes. cut the cards up, wow. put them in the refrigerator, don't, don't use them. I'm a huge fan. You use them because you need to be financially Thank viable. You, you use yes. You got to be financially viable. So talk about some of the, I say, tips and the traps. I just oh, made I love it. Fun. Trips, tips and traps. I got to use so, that again. So I'm a huge <laughs> proponent of education. Um, there are many platforms. I just tend to use Credit Karma. I think because I just like Karma as a, it feels good for me as a last. Yeah, yeah. yeah, whatever. But what I do is I like to go to the dashboard and I like to show people how typical credit scores can be uh, impacted so that they begin to win. Here's the deal. If we don't have the education or we have lack of education, how are we going to win? We yeah. can't. So one of the things you nailed is correct. Don't cut up all those cards. You're going to reduce your line of credit and ask access to it. It's going to put a red flag in. And look, you know, I know I have a lot of people who are fans of Dame, Dave Ramsey because they got out of debt. And I and I think depending on what the purpose is, but for right. business owners, right? For business owners, you've got to play the game. And, and that's what I constantly do. I have multiple credits. Every time they come in, you know, I'm paying it off. I'm getting, you know, this is, and I'm constantly looking at my debt to access. You know, what do I have yep. available to what I'm spending? And I tell, here's my rule of thumb. And you're going to hate me for this, but I don't spend yeah. more than 9% of the total available I have. Because that's going to put me always in a good score. So I say, look, you have access to 100,000, use 10,000. They're like, oh, coach, what about the 90,000? I'm like, okay, well, if you're going to use that, just realize the more you creep up, yep. the more they're going to see. And if you're looking at 90, if you're using 90% of, of 100% leverage, you're going to look desperate. Yep. So I think the answer to it is there's, there's a lot of myths. And, and, and here's my final thing, and we'll move on. I have a rule, I, and I share this rule with everyone. Never take counsel from someone who doesn't have the life you're seeking. Never take counsel from someone who doesn't have the life you're seeking. Yep. That's, that's so obvious and it's so crazy making <laughs> how many people don't do it. Like, you, like we're, we're singing the same language. So keep talking because I just, I just got to prompt you when you go like I go. We say the same thing. We say the same thing. Really good. We say the same thing. You know why people don't do it? is because they're listening to other people and, and they're almost, they, how can I say this? They're almost following the group. Yep. But maybe the group is going the wrong way. Guaranteed. <laughs> everyone ever thought about stopping, assessing yep. and saying, should I be going in that direction? Go to the group that is maybe has less in the line because those are the ones you probably want to follow, right? That are thinking out of the box, they're doing things different, that are having a different conversation. This is why bankers are always worried when I get on a panel with them. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> because I'm going to speak the, the language. I'm, I'm not taking away from what they're saying, 
But what they're saying is old news. It's like being back in the 1400s. I know. 1933, probably exactly. So when this whole system got built, I have this slide, you'll love it, Cadmet says, the system's not broke. It was built this way. Yes. And it's one of my frames. So it, uh, these are the rules. So play. But let's go to the other side. Like my big conversation is, uh, and you heard me speak a little bit when we were in Newport, yeah. is you use that corporation and you use it right. You got 81,000 pages of code. There's nothing illegal about all these deductions done right. So the system, it's not broke, right? From credit to exactly. tax to, I mean, the whole thing, just use it meticulously. And that's why I wanted to invite you today. So let's talk about some more strategies. So I've heard people say the more cards, the better. Use them more actively. Um, don't pay them all, all up at one time, which I do agree with that. I think if you're completely no money in the system, because you have one, one day a month, you pay everything off, then you're like a zero again, you start again. What are some, you know, and there's variations with every one of these, you know, credit bureaus. So give us some kind of general guidelines. How do you, how, how, if with this guy, what did you tell him to do? How did he okay. get it? Oh, I was pissed off. You know what I told right. him? To oh yeah. Cause I, 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 the one thing that people know about me, first of all, I can't stand bullies, especially in the financial world. I'll go after them as a vengeance. I and love second, that. Yeah, I do. Well, that's why I wear my cape, right? I mean, it's like, you know, I got to do what I have to do. And the second thing is, is if someone has not been done right, I'm, I'm pretty clear about let's, let's, I, I'm huge about making things right. So justice is big for me. And so what I said to him is, look, want you to go back, well, you look at the contract. I want you to see whether or not you allowed this authorization to happen. If you didn't, you actually have legal right to, to go after and hire an attorney because they damaged your credit, which affected your ability to get the financing. You have an opportunity to fight them if you want, just do your due diligence. And that was after I verified it with one of my top credit managers. He said, you're right, Kedma. You are absolutely right. Now, will most people do that? No. Does he have a right to go after them? Yes. Because this is negligence. This yeah. is negligence. And the comment back to the, from the company to them is, uh, we were just shopping the right deal. Oh yeah. What? But, but most people don't fight and they don't, I'm going to, I'm going to use, I use a different word. Most people don't advocate. They don't advocate. So just like in, in their, just like in health, because they don't know how they don't know. They're supposed to ask the doctor every question. They're supposed to, you know, moderate these people. That's why I'm so Correct. passionate about this topic is everyone abdicates the responsibility instead of advocates. They abdicate all their responsibility exactly. because somebody has a license because somebody has a manager job or, and it's like, it's great. So I'm so glad you did that. So continue the story. Then how did he get his 90 back? What would you tell the people? Hasn't yet. Oh my God. He hasn't yet. This is the problem. So we're, we're monitoring it. I mean, he was so grateful that, you know, we, you know, we stepped in and did it. So we're, we're still trying to figure it out. And I think one of the things that's so important is, you know, if we think about our health, we have a doctor for our health. We have, you know, if for me, I have a Mac, so I have my Mac doctor. If I have any issues with my Mac, we need to have someone like you who is financially involved and yep. what I call us, I call ourselves our fin the financial navigators, right? Yep. The yep. ones who are going to speak the truth, tell you what needs to be done. And don't, I don't have, um, how can I see? I don't have a benefit into it except for them to win, right? There, there, yep. there, there is no, you know, this is just clear, get it done. And here's what you need to do. And people need that. We need more transparency in the financial world. Yep. Sadly, it's not there. 
No, I totally agree. I love it. I, I always say, you know, that our job is to navigate and guide and help them become an advocate for their own life because they don't know. And exactly. financial illiteracy is, is, is maddening. It's just maddening. Right. So I want to jump over to kids, right? You're a mom. Tell me about your kids. I have two. I have a 22 and 15. I have a new book coming out, Make Your Kids Millionaires. And uh, so tell me a little bit about your kids and what do you teach your kids? Because very few people have enough financial savvy to bring the financial conversation into their household. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're the opposite. And I think it's because I'm a fifth generation entrepreneur. So I've been negotiating since I was five. Um, now, not only do I have kids, I have a, just to be clear, I have 11, 13 and 16 and two out of three of my kids are autistic. So not only do I teach my kids, but I teach kids who have developmental disabilities, what money looks like. So I do want to make sure if anybody is in that dealing with those issues, you can bypass it. Here's what I love about money. Kids know money. You can teach money. It's really obvious. So uh, I started very young at the age of about four or five. We, we do not believe in discipline. We believe that there is a consequence. So at the very young age, about four or five, what we teach is that for every consequence, you will lose money. For everything you do, you will get money. So my favorite story was a time where my son was about five and he had done something naughty. I can't remember what it was. And I said, Marin, that's going to cost you $5. And this little kid, he barely could talk. He's, old, he's five years old. He goes, he starts sobbing as if someone's beating him up. He's sobbing. I go, man, what is wrong? And he goes, mama, $5, mama. I said, well, what do you think it's worth? And he knew at age five, he goes, mama, a dollar. <laughs> no, it's not worth a dollar, Marin. You did something naughty. It's five dollars. Mama, a dollar, a dollar, mama. Nope, five bucks. I love it. And that is the power of teaching them. So today, if you meet my kids, they will tell you that they believe in building wealth. They believe in building assets. When my son was 11, my middle, my middle son, he walked into the bank and the, the, the bank attendant said, oh, that's so sweet. You're depositing $100. What are you, are you saving for a video game? And Fallon looks at her straight in the face. And he, he goes with this cross eye, like, no, I'm saving for my house. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, so we do a lot of discussion. One last thing we do is we talk about the value of time. True story. I can't even make this up. This past Saturday, uh, Marin and I went roller skating. I like roller skating. We pay for the ticket. I show up and I realize there's a huge line for him to get the, his rollerblades. Okay. Now I have my rollerblades. The line is 30 minutes long. We're halfway through the line and Marin turns around and he goes, mom, I know how valuable your time is. I said, that's right. <laughs> Whoa. And he knows how much I make per hour. He goes, mom, this is costing you a lot of money. I said, that is right. He goes, what are we going to do? I said, I'm on Amazon right now buying you new blades because mama's time is too important to be on this line. So the point I'm saying is that we embed into my children, but the fact that you have something coming out that you can share, that you can expose, that you can allow us to be even more interactive is a gift we're just one of the lucky ones that begin it early. Many don't do that. And we're still so excited about it. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And this, our book is going to be the first three chapters is all context. And then chapter four is zero to five and then six to eight. And then it goes all the way up to Love it. 18 and beyond. And how do you at 18 have your kid get an LLC, right? Have your child become your yep. partner. So how do they become your partner? How do they activate, you know, their credit score? How do they begin? And mine begin early, 13, 14, they start interacting I mean, debit and credit. And yes, the credit cards are mine, but they start that interaction. They start the reconciliation. They get really clear about how that all works. So, I mean, to me, it's the crazy making. It's just no common sense. The man appearance that at the end of their senior year, hand them some credit cards or don't even hand them a credit card. And then, you know, once you're 18, I mean, it's, Logan's 22 and the flood of credit card opportunities he still gets. And I bet he gets five to eight a week. I mean, every bank, just constant visa card, credit card, extra points, extra points. I mean, we did it. We did this funny video. We like stacked him up. I mean, at one point his mail was just because he lives in Georgia. I mean, his mail at the house was like this big and all credit card offers. So <laughs> the, the book's phenomenal. Um, right now we're in a pre-order. All of you mm -hmm. that are on my podcast that are listening. So by April 6th, when you order at makeyourkidsmillionaires.com, we're going to give you digital assets. $1,500 from my uh, financial filing cabinet my daughter made, never pay your kids an allowance, which my son made. Um, we have a master class coming out. My co-author and I are going to be doing a class in the summer on how to use the book once you get the book in hand. And the book's coming out uh, Mother's Day week. So super excited. So use what join my podcast, go grab a book, makeyourkidsmillionaires.com. Where do they get your book, by the way? And I want to circle back to the end of our interview about that 18 like your teenage to 18 yes. i want to come back to funding but talk about where do they where do they get your book um, just yeah target funding they can go right into amazon targetfunding.com um or bitly target funding book um but if you they can target funding they will find it uh or if you key in kedma there should only be one kedma in the world you'll find me that's so, true there's one laurel and one kedma that's, that's what we it. love <laughs> that's yeah. it that's it. So talk about the credit and debit cards. You know, it's amazing. Um, I do a lot of pro bono work for student athletes. And uh, my son invited me to come to, you know, talk to the football team and said, mom, like they don't even know the difference between a debit and credit card. So, you know, I was taught about that and then how to get credit. And what's interesting when they apply for credit, if they hadn't already tangled it up, because a lot of these, you know, college men are 18 to 24. Um, I mean, they don't even have to do an application. So kind of talk through that teenage experience of getting into your first credit card and your credit first credit score i think it's so imperative and so few people teach it is so it is so imperative and i would love to finish up and actually give students an opportunity to go after a funding grant that i don't know if you know about the ida program because i think it's important to have the debit and credit all yep. my kids have have um, a debit and, and actually, to be honest, my kids also um, um, play with the stock. And we had a funny thing a few months ago where my, my son invested with my husband. I said, come talk to mama, mama's stock is doing better. So my, my son went up to dad and said, dad, I'm, I'm gonna have to take my money out of your stock because mama, mama's stock is doing better. I did check her numbers. So it's really, we have a lot of fun with just educating them on how to think about money, how to invest. And by the way, um, maybe offline I'll send you, but my son and my husband have built his own home. So at the age of 18, he'll be moving into his own home. They built it from scratch 
and it will be mortgage free. So, um, but all of that came from my husband's hard work and my son's hard work. So, you know, I think the idea of building credit and debit is, is more, the most important thing I teach my children, and that's why I'm so excited about your book, is the difference between need and want. Oh yeah, yep. At the end of the day, if I give them $100, all I have to say is, Kaylin, what do you need? And what do you want? And they already will respond, mom, I know 20% is get is what I want. 80% goes away because that's what I'm going to need. Exactly. So they're, they're really disciplined because otherwise if we don't teach them the principles, yep. we might as well then, then we're doing exactly what the education system is doing. We're handing them that and, and, and they're not being responsible. So I do want to make sure, I don't know how familiar you are with the IDA program, but it would be great for your, for your audience to know about it, especially yeah. for teenagers, if we have enough time. If not, yeah, go ahead. Let's, let's talk about that. So, okay. Uh, really quickly, individual development account, hand up, not a handout. Developed back in the 80s when the government would go out and survey average Americans and say, hey, how are you doing right now financially? The average American would say, I'm broke. <laughs> They'd go back the next year and say, okay, we'll check in in a year. Year later, same thing, I'm broke. Year later, same thing, I'm broke. So three years in a row, they realized we, ha we have a broke system. And so the IDA program was developed to really incentivize people. And what I love about it is you can go online anywhere you are. Now it's typically in the US, there may be stuff outside the country because I know you work with a lot of international. But if you look up individual development account or youth individual development account, um, it's an incredible opportunity for them to get into a program where they can start entrepreneurship. Awesome. And typically it's a five to one match. So here's how it works. You have a teenager who enters into the program. They save a thousand dollars towards starting a blog business. The agency will match them five to one. They'll wow. get $5,000 plus a thousand that they saved and they will not have to repay it back, but they are required to a complete financial literacy and B, complete a business plan, and C, they have to put the money towards their company. I love that. And what's the range of the amounts? Uh, it, it all depends on the agency. It could be as low as two to one. It could be as high as eight to one because the program is not only for youth, it's for adults. It's not only for business, it's for education, and it's also for housing. I have literally changed the lives of people by getting them their own home, building their own assets just through that program alone, because they've been able to get 30, 40, $50,000 in grants for closing. And that was all they needed to get into their home. Wow. Wow. You got all these like magic tricks. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I have to have you back. Um, so tell us uh, how do people and our followers uh, stay in touch with you? Well, hopefully through you. So I want to make sure they always reach back out to you because I honor the person that connected us. Um, I love LinkedIn. I, I have a lot of LinkedIn connections. That's a great way. Um, or they can, um, you know, reach me on my email, just Kedma at targetfunding.com. Perfect. It's been great to have you and great to connect because uh, we met so briefly and then uh, we've been playing, you know, text, uh, I used to say phone, you know, phone tag, but it's really text tag. 
And yes, so we are here and I appreciate you. Those of you that are out listening, again, go to makeyourkidsmillionaires.com, grab a copy of the book before April 6th, where you get all the bonuses that come with it. And that way you can consume them through the month of April. And then on Mother's Day week, the book hit bookstores, hits Amazon and gets distributed. So we're super excited. And if you ever have a question, you always go to asklaurel.com. Remember that's A-S-K-L-O-R-A-L. Dot com, and there is an input screen. You put your name, your phone number, your in, you can put any question, a request. Let us help you with any money question. That's why we're here. So we'll be back next week with another episode of Laurel's Real Money Talks. Have a great day. So this is Laurel and you've been listening to my podcast. If you've enjoyed this, I have a couple things you can do that are completely up to you. Number one, Take my quiz. Go to integratedwellsystems.com and take the quiz. You will find that there's one of four personalities, financial personalities, we call them, that you're going to fall into. So as you take the quiz, it'll actually go through and identify, are you, you know, uh, in stagnant cash flow, right? Are you overpaying taxes? Do you have debt issues? You know, are you a lifestyle junkie? Where are you? And then from there, it goes to a video that actually gives you some solutions on how to correct that problem. So again, go to integratedwealthsystems.com, take my quiz, and we'll go from there. Thanks for listening to the Real Money Talks podcast. Your host has been Laurel Langmire, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View. Want to learn more about off-Wall Street investing, tax strategies, and multi-million dollar business strategies? Visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast for past episodes, show notes, and resources. For some special wealth building gifts only for Laurel's podcast listeners, visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast gifts. Do you have a burning question for Laurel? Visit asklaurel.com to submit your question and it may just be covered on a podcast episode. So stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to get new episodes every week.